Hey, Sweat Sisters, welcome to the Pretty Girl Sweat Show, which highlights women who are balancing demanding careers with a healthy lifestyle and hurtling over personal and professional obstacles. I'm your host, Aisha DeVore Branch, and each week I have a sister to sister chat with an inspiring go getter. And listeners learn how good things come to those who sweat. If this is your first time listening, what up? You could be anywhere in the world and you're here with me and I really appreciate that. If you love what you hear, take a second to subscribe to the podcast so you get updates every time we drop a new episode. If you got half a second, leave a rating, which will help other sweat sisters in need of inspiration find our podcast. If you have a minute, please follow us across all social media platforms. We are at Pretty Girl Sweat on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter and YouTube. Use the hashtag Pretty Girl Sweat when sharing this episode. And if you have five minutes, please leave a review and let us know how we're doing. Hi, guys. It is Patrick Gessler, and I am taking over the Pretty Girl Sweat Show today, kind of flipping the chairs because I'm going to be interviewing the founder of Pretty Girl Sweats, Aisha. And I'm excited, aren't you? I am extremely excited. (laughs) I can't wait. Last time I was in your seat. Absolutely. See how the tables have turned? I'm excited. (laughs) All right. Well, I have prepared a lot of questions for you. We want to know it all. Um, So I guess I'll just get started. Um, You have created this empire through Pretty Girl Sweats of like-minded women who are all passionate about fitness. Was there like a specific time or moment in your life where you were like, this is what I'm going to do? Or do you remember a distinct changing factor? Absolutely. Um, Before Pretty Girl Sweat even started, I was a television producer and I was doing a lot of traveling and starting my family and realized I was probably never going to see the children that I wanted to bring into the world if I kept up with this lifestyle. And so I began to get really passionate about doing something that would leave a legacy for my kids and make a difference in the world. And that's when I got this idea of creating a teen talk show called Teen Diaries that was going to do just that. It was going to kind of be like a teen version of The View. And then from there, when I wasn't getting enough traction on the pitch for this particular talk show, uh, because a lot of networks felt like young people weren't really, you know, watching talk shows like that. Um, And really, I thought like, hey, how about us creating this like roundtable of discussion about the topics that matter most to girls because it could help them with their transition into womanhood, but people weren't feeling it. So a friend of mine who is an executive or who actually was an executive over at MTV, he was like, listen, you should just put this online. I think this content is very necessary. Um, Girls need to hear it and read about it. And you can do this yourself. Everyone's online right now anyway, just do that. And so that's what I did. I began to develop this platform online and had amassed this like following of young people who really valued the content that we were creating. And then from there, we launched this journalism program. We're like, hey, why don't we make young girls the face of this platform and give them an opportunity to start their journalism careers early? And that worked wonderfully. We've met some of the most incredible, intelligent, and brilliant girls over the years who are now working at some of the biggest media companies in the country, um, including Refinery29 and Essence. And it's just amazing to see what they've done. But during that time of them like building their portfolios, we had 
kind of connected with all of these like celebrities that they were interviewing. And we were really knee deep in figuring out like what's going on in media. And that's how we heard about the Let's Move campaign. And so while doing some research and writing an article on the former first lady, Michelle Obama's uh, Let's Move campaign, I just was like blown away by the, the statistics associated with childhood obesity. And I'm like, what can I personally do and how can I use this platform to help? And I began doing um, a lot of research and realizing that, you know, young people take their cues from their peers and from celebrities. And I'm like, hey, we have this great group of amazing young women across the country who are reading our content. We have all these celebrities that trust in our mission and our brand. Why don't we merge the two to create something really special that can change the game for girls when it comes to health and wellness. And that's kind of how Pretty Girl Sweat was born out of that. And it developed into something that it was just supposed to be an event that was going to get girls active. And then it became so much more. I um, had a chance run in with Carrie Hilson backstage at a concert in New Jersey. And while I was backstage speaking with her, she was telling me about how basketball really changed her life and how being a swimmer um, did so much for her self-esteem and it made her a hard worker. And I began telling her about the sports that I played. And she's like, listen, I hear about all the work you're doing with teen girls. Let me know how I can help. How can I support? And a lot of times when you hear celebrities say those kind of things, you're like, hmm, are you really going to support? Like, you never really know, right? So I said, listen, I think we should join forces and host a fitness party for girls and not even promote it as it being like a fitness party. It's just like, hey, you're going to meet Carrie Hilson. You're going to have a good time. Wear sneakers. (laughs) Come on down. And she's like, listen, I'm down for it. Let me know when I will be there. And September was the obvious choice for this activation because it's Childhood Obesity Awareness Month. I sent her the date, which was September 24th. She said yes. She flew to New York this time with her entire team, and we hosted the very first Pretty Girl Sweat event in New York City. Wow. Thank you. And, I mean, I didn't know what would come out of it. I just was like, listen, we have an audience of girls. (laughs) We have celebrities we could tap into. We have a platform that we can help raise awareness for childhood obesity. Let's do it. You know, I just took action. And then I started getting emails like, hey, oh my gosh, I saw this press write up on this event. Um, How do I get this program in our schools? Wow. How do I become like an ambassador for Pretty Girl Sweat? Like, how do I buy that t-shirt? And I was like, wow, like I'm really getting a, a lot of, you know, great feedback about this. Should we do another one? And I just kept like sitting on it for a while. And every time I would run into a friend who was in attendance at that event, they were like, wow, that was, that was amazing. It was incredible. I had so much fun. I mean, the girls were d- jumping double dutch. They were doing like, you know, relay races and all kinds of fun activities and learning new dance moves to Carrie Hilson's song at the time called Pretty Girl Sweat. The Pretty Girls Rock, Pretty Girl Rock. Um, and that's kind of how like, Pretty Girl Sweat came about because Pretty Girl Rock was such an empowering song. And I was like, if we call the event Pretty Girls Sweat, wouldn't that sound ironic? Because most people don't think that pretty girl sweat, you know, that sounds like it doesn't even make sense together. And I'm like, we could really change the conversation and flip the ingrained negative 
you know, perception that sweat holds by calling this this. And so it worked. And people told me they wanted it to keep going. So I just kept it going. And here we are today, 25 chapters later, um, an annual fitness festival, a full apparel line. um, And I've been honored to be a fitness host of sorts for a variety of brands from Nike to Adidas. And I'm just using my voice to keep girls active. Right. Yeah. That's amazing. And that's a lot on your shoulders. Yeah. Um, especially like, was it kind of like a thing that blew up within a few weeks of, um, that sort of association with, you know, Carrie Hilson, or was this something where you spent a lot of time kind of like, you know, marketing and then, you know, sending emails to so-and-so and just trying to somehow get some, you know, get noticed, you know, because a lot of brands, anybody who has their own company or brand, they dream of that moment where like their phone and email is blowing up. Um, so my question was, um, like basically how it it wasn't overnight success in a sense. And how did you deal with it without having a huge team? Oh yeah, you're right. It was not an overnight success and we're still, um, ticking away every single day, just trying to like get the message out there. So, I mean, initially that first event was very helpful with getting the word out because, you know, when you do anything with, um, a popular celebrity press does help people begin to know the name, they start asking questions and that's how we were able to take that next step. The next step was, um, a young student over at Temple University, she had reached out because she had read um, about the experience or had a friend that was in attendance and she wanted to launch Pretty Girl Sweat at her university. And I was like, wow, that's such a great idea because um, this demographic really needs to get active because we were really focusing on young young, um, girls, right? So teenage girls between the ages of 13 to 18. But after a lot of research, I began realizing like, okay, we educate these girls, they go home and then their parents, you know, pretty much allow them to continue the same lifestyle they've been living because it's all they know. Right. If we could get to college students who now have a lot of freedom and are able to make their own decisions when it comes to how active they are and what they eat, that's how we can really make a difference for future generations because these girls will soon enough become health leaders in their households. So, you know, that initial event, then getting that call from the student um, at Temple, it really made me sit back and take this even more seriously. Like I just started to right. do a lot of research and figuring out how we can develop this into something that could be sustainable. And, um, and then, and that worked. So we tested it out with Temple and then we started growing to more and more schools and it's, it wasn't an easy road. I mean, we have been reaching out to brands for, it seems like forever. And, you know, a lot of times brands just don't get it. They, you know, it's a dollar and cents thing for them. Like if they don't realize the importance of connecting with an emerging brand, um, you know, they're, it's a numbers game. They're really focused on connecting with people who, you know, have huge followings and um, can really generate dollars for their investment. And so we had to really prove ourselves year after year, month after month, week after week, day after day to prove to brands that you should be listening to what we're saying. 
what we're doing is important and what we're doing is making a difference. And then um, that consistency and that persistence, uh, they took notice. And here we are. That's amazing. Uh, yeah. Even as a college student myself, uh, I can vouch for that. When I left home, you know, my health ch- habits changed tremendously. Um, and I love the articles of all the articles on Pretty Girl Sweats because it targets that, you know, it targets like it, it, it targets the root problem. And I think that's I, I mean, it's amazing that it's so successful that way. Like, I mean, I th- you found something work that works. You found a formula that works and it's it's amazing. So thank you. Thank you for starting this amazing organization. <laughs> You've managed to somehow balance all of this and create pretty girls wits to what it is today. So on a day-to-day basis, what is the favorite part of your job and the least favorite part of your job? (laughs) Well, my absolute favorite part is event day. So we host so many fitness experiences throughout the year and to be able to connect with the people that I see online and through social media, it just really makes my day. And then to be able to give students an opportunity to be leaders, because for most of our events, you know, they're all volunteer based and students who are ambassadors in our program or they're reporters or um, they're interns, they are pretty much leading the entire experience, you know, from checking people Mm -hmm. in to um, documenting the experience to being a part of it, maybe they're even leading a warm-up. I mean, to see them step up and pretty much just be girl bosses and take over, it's everything that I could have ever hoped for, dreamed, or wished. So that is really my favorite part. And then my least favorite part would have to be um, administrative stuff. Like, you know, it has to be done. But... um, I'm a very creative person and sometimes I can take my creativity into like the wrong areas <laughs> of the business. So it could be like, oh, I got to make a spreadsheet uh, for a budget for an event. But I'm like, oh, what, what colors am I going to put on the spreadsheet? Like, it's like, who cares? Like, I'm just wasting too much time thinking about it because I always try to take a task and like interject something that I really love doing into it but it just right. will slow me down because I just need to focus on the task at hand and not do the fun stuff that I want to do all the time. So that would be my least favorite, like the accounting stuff. And yeah. Right. Yeah. That's, that's a pretty good problem to have. <laughs> <laughs> um, what is the one thing the Aisha today that you wish you could say to when you were beginning and when things didn't look so good? Ooh. I would definitely tell myself today that I should celebrate every win and really celebrate it. Because a lot of times I was always thinking about the next thing, the next thing, the next thing. And I think it is important to keep growing and keep striving to do better each and every day. But when we don't take the time to really reflect on like what we've already done, um, it's kind of sad to, to, to not do that because every step that you've taken on your journey should be celebrated and it should be something that you're proud of. And, and even though we're always trying to outdo ourselves, right. Cause we were our greatest competition. Um, I just wish I would have taken more time to reflect on those wonderful things. And most recently we were going through our website and updating all of our sweatshows 
from over the years. And that was a moment for me to reflect. I was like, wow, we've really done a lot. Like, I, like I'm always planning the next thing. And to go back, you know, eight years ago, six years ago, and see some of the amazing, incredible work that we were doing in, in communities and the amazing ways we've been, you know, training girls to be health leaders, that pushed me to even want to do more today because I was able to see what I what we had done in the past and reflect on that and celebrate that in, within that moment of me just taking a pause to to go back to look at those old you know recaps. So that's what I would tell myself. Okay, everyone. That's a lesson for us all. <laughs> um, I mean, I did my research and I see. I mean, you've been in athletics, you've been in modeling, television, philanthropy. Um, you know, a CEO, uh, is there a common skill or man- mentality that you feel that you possess, um, that allowed you to kind of navigate each industry and rise to the top? I would say being an athlete growing up really helped me, uh, with all the things that I've done. Um, it taught me to be fearless. And one of the main reasons why I feel like a lot of people don't take chances or explore different opportunities is because they're scared. And so even though I can be scared, right, or take caution uh, when I take a new step or try a new thing or make a new relationship, I feel like the fearlessness in me, like, allows me to just do it. Right. Just at least take that first step, because once I've taken that first step, I'm probably going to take 30 more steps to get it done. So um, that's one of the skill sets. And then also, I just never stop. <laughs> I, and I, like, I don't like I feel like the more you think about things, the more you won't get it done. Right. So right. and that comes in with that fearlessness again, just like going for it and like, you know, whatever happens, happens. And if you make a mistake, OK, I learn from that mistake and move on to the next thing and try it again another way. Um, so having that nonstop, never stop, uh, mentality has really helped me. Like, I don't need, uh, a calendar alert to tell me to get up and start working. I don't need, um, anyone motivating me. I'm very self-motivated, very driven. So those are the things that have helped me, um, with all of the opportunities that I've taken advantage of. Okay. Amazing. Um, speaking on, um, the modeling. I know you were with Wilhelmina in New York City. Uh, Do you feel that the modeling industry was kind of in line with or with the beliefs of with your beliefs of health and fitness? Or how do you feel that you would like to kind of change the mentality, especially of young women um, about being, you know, just super thin as a lot of the modeling industry is about? Well, um, there are definitely many issues when it comes to the modeling industry. And, you know, and as I've said before about certain industries being a business, right? Um, A business means that the people in charge of it have a certain standard that has to be upheld because it's kind of like a factory for clothes. It's like, you know, if sample sizes are a certain, uh, are cut a certain way, you have to have human hangers to wear them and they have to be a certain size, shape, height, et cetera, to pull off the look that you're trying to achieve. And so then there, then there lies the problem, right? Because it's like now you have 
um, women who are fighting daily to be a certain size because they won't work if they can't fit into the clothes or if they don't look a certain way. And what I feel has happened throughout the years is that that has been changing because more women are using their voice to show that um, there's no one standard of beauty and brands need to adapt to that because maybe make sample sizes and different sizes because real women don't look like that, you know? And I, right. And I've seen firsthand, um, you know, women that I know personally who have done things, um, to maintain their weight, um, or their look, um, that normally they wouldn't have to in another industry. So that, you know, is very disheartening and, you know, and can be unhealthy, but then there are other women in the industry who are naturally thin um, and who do do the work in a healthy way to maintain the, their look. So I don't want to say it's, you know, one one way or the other, like meaning like it's, it's completely an unhealthy, unsafe industry because some people are doing it the right way. Um, but I feel like the more women of all sizes, especially like normal sizes or plus sizes speak up about equality in the fashion industry, um, we'll begin to see more healthy women representing the brands that we know and love. Definitely. And that's all we can hope for is that, you know, just the acceptance of all sizes is really emphasized in all of the industries. Yes. I feel, I do agree. I think it's, it's getting there. We're, we're making moves. Definitely. Okay, so you are the founder of Sweat Makes Sense, and you've raised over $100,000. Uh, tell me a little bit about the highlights and the work um, that you've done with this organ- organization. Well, Sweat Makes Sense has two main programs, and that's our wellness journalism program and our health leadership program. So we're giving girls an opportunity to be leaders on their college campuses and in their high schools um, by giving them an opportunity to be virtually mentored by female professionals in the industries that they're pursuing. So if a student is interested in becoming a wellness journalist, we pick six girls each year that we mentor. And throughout this process, they um, work on developing their skill set when it comes to writing for a digital platform, creating promotional content for social media, um, you know, learning how to record a podcast or do an in-person interview. And all those things are great because, you know, it's helping them build a portfolio super early and be able to share what they have accomplished and like with real numbers and backing and statistics, it's like, hey, I've created this post and this is how many people are reading it and this is how um, many people have liked it, that kind of thing. And that way, when they go into the workforce, um, they're not going in so green. Um, And then they also have all of the information or at least enough information to confidently, you know, interview for a position with a media company because they've already done it, you know? So I'm really proud of that. And then with our um, health um, leadership program, those girls are being trained to be health leaders on campus. It's really hard to stay active as a college student. I mean, it's a stressful time in uh, most students' lives. They are juggling like their financial issues, um, education and academics, um, relationships, whether that's with, you know, 
having a boyfriend, a girlfriend, or relationships with just friends in general, because that could be a whole nother, <laughs> that could be a whole nother problem, another stress level. And then, you know, trying to eat well. And there's so many obstacles on college campuses with even being able to eat a nutritious meal. Um, and you've heard of the freshman 15. So we've just been trying to find solutions to that. And we train health leaders so that way they can be accountability partners for students on college campuses. Most schools have really beautiful rec centers and they have options, but um, in the CAF that students could be aware of, but they kind of just need that extra support from like-minded people who um, they can relate to, to keep them on track. And then that's kind of where the health leadership program falls into place. And then outside of that, uh, with Sweat Makes Sense, there's so many ways that, you know, women across the nation can get involved because we know that they really make a difference when it comes to the health of their families. Um, Women make most of the healthcare decisions, period. You know, the number is at 80% right now. So we can get women getting active and kind of using their platforms to show that, you know, being sweaty is not a gross thing. It's a beautiful thing. Um, If we could get them to rally together to raise money and awareness for childhood obesity, which is our main mission. Um, And if we can get instructors to say, hey, you know, we want to use our platforms to be a voice for change. That's, you know, how Sweat Makes Sense is making a difference um, nationwide by doing those specific actions and using the power of social media to just get the word out there. Beautiful. That is so, so amazing. Um, I I do want to get a little bit into like your personal life, like your workout style and your um, schedule. So what is your favorite workout style? Like, do you prefer weights, cycling, cardio? What is it? I am a group fitness cardio kind of girl. (laughs) I love any sort of workout that's going to connect me with people. I want to be yelling, screaming. I want to be dancing. I just want to feel alive and I want that energy of a group of people around me. So I tend to always, you know, gravitate towards any sort of group fitness class that has a lot of movement. Um, and that's going to make me extra sweaty. Have you ever had like a super hard class that completely made you exhausted? Oh my gosh. So many. Like, I'm like, which one do you want me to talk about? I mean, there's, there's so many challenging classes. I remember once taking this, um, this class, it was kind of like a group fitness weight, weights class. And so um, the challenging part was because there was a lot of changes with the weight. So like there were different kinds of weights you would use in the class and you had to take off weight, put on weight. And I'm just like struggling, just trying to get like everything on my barbell quick enough. So that was a struggle within itself and just not being confident enough and knowing what I was doing uh, with putting the different weights on as quickly as everyone else. But um, once I got the hang of it, I never felt so strong, you know, and not just in strength, just like, once you figure something out, there's so much power within that. And then you feel like, okay, I'm doing this and I'm doing this with everyone else and I'm staying on track with everyone else, but I'm in pain, but I'm doing it. I'm doing it. And so it was a happy feeling that was kind of like a gift and a curse. Like, you know, it was a struggle. It was hard, but um, the fact that I was accomplishing it just really gave me a lot of joy. Makes you feel good, right? Yeah. (laughs) Um, if you, if you have a cheat day, like you can eat whatever you want, or you're like, no, today I'm going to go all out. What are you going to eat? Hmm. 
cheat days normally consist of any sort of like cheesy kind of pasta or Chick-fil-A. <laughs> Yeah, Chick Fil A yeah. is definitely the big day. I, I'm like, oh, and I I realize it coming. Like I feel it. I'm like, oof. I think today's the Chick Fil A day. I'm just gonna have to go in and get one of those sandwiches, <laughs> fries, and a frosted lemonade. Oh, it's my weakness, but I don't do it often. Yeah, it's yeah. once you start, it's hard to stop. <laughs> <laughs> So you're between your workouts, between um, Pretty Girl Sweats, what makes sense? How do you how do you find work and life balance and, you know, still have time to spend with your family? It's hard. I'm going to be honest. It's really hard to do it all. And um, I managed to squeeze it all in. But every single day, I feel like something is not getting enough. Right. So I may yeah. kill it and crush it and work one day. But I'm like, wow, you know. I wish I could have spent more time with my kids today. I know we ate dinner together and may have went to basketball practice, but it would have been cool if we could have played a video game or like if we could have done something really fun together. And I may crush it with the work and with the kids. And then I'm like, whew, by the time my husband gets home, I wanted to hang out with him and watch a movie, but I'm so exhausted that I fell asleep. So something always has to give or, you know, Mm -hmm. suffer um, in a day. But I feel like having the support of my mom, which... Oh, Lord, thank you, Jesus. I'm like, I can't even imagine not having her (laughs) in my life because I would not be able to get half of the things done that I do get done if she wasn't in my life, wasn't, you know, here living with us and helping support uh, me and my family because she does pretty much everything that I can't get done in a day. Um, She was recently gone for like a week um, to went to New York. And I kid you not, like, I, I look like she was gone for a week. Like, my hair was a mess. I'm like, dishes all over the place. I'm like, ah, I can't do all this stuff. I need help. I need help. So my advice to anyone um, is that, you know, once you do start a family, you know, you have to tap into your resources. And that's just even, even if you just, you don't have a family and you're, you launched a business, you have to figure out how you can get help. There's no way you can do it all by yourself, you know, and I have a great team of people, even though I do do a lot on my own, but, you know, having an accountant, having a lawyer, having, you know, trademark lawyers, having, um, you know, a think tank, all of these people, having an assistant, shout out to Danae, um, all those, having all of those resources at my fingertips has been so helpful um, because there's no way I could get it all done without <laughs> everyone's help. Mm-hmm. Um, so you have three little girls. Uh, what do they think about all of this? Do they, do they think it's super cool? Are they kind of like, Oh, it's just, it's mom. You know, do they work out with you? Like, what do they, what do they think? All of the above. So, (laughs) (laughs) so, you know, they have been growing up in the entertainment industry period. So being a part of like the pretty girl sweat experiences is just like a normal day for them. You know, they're excited Uh about it. And of course, want to be a part of any and everything. So if I'm doing an event, they're like, wait a minute, I should be on the stage. Give me the mic. Like I should be doing something. Right. Um, And just being surrounded by musicians and um, actors and, you know, this is part of their everyday life. So they're not as phased. That's the part of like, oh, you know, it's just mom or whatever. But I do know that they're extremely proud. I can tell it in the way that, you know, they talk to their friends like, oh, my mom does this. and da, 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 da. You don't know that my mom does this person. And, um, and they are, you know, health leaders themselves. You know, they are 
ready to, you know, take over Pretty Girl Sweat. They're ready to be a part of it. Oh my gosh. Yeah. My 10 year old is like, so when can I start writing articles? Like, I feel like you should just start letting me right now. I have a computer I could write. And I'm like, well, hey, start, you know, you can start writing if you want. And, you know, they both play sports and uh, their sports range. Um, You know, they do everything from basketball to, you know, they dance, they do gymnastics tennis, swimming. So I really feel like Pretty Girl Sweat and myself, you know, just pushing them to be active in a variety of ways has helped them explore all different types of fitness, which I think is important, you know. Um, And they're just really confident, little cool people. And I really love being around them. They're like my broke best friends. So yeah, I love that. I love that so much. And um, your husband, is he you know, does he work out with you and stuff too? Well, we do go on occasional walks together. He's not into the same sort of fitness experiences that I am into. I mean, I tend to go to like very female heavy, like workouts where it's always like a dance or like a Pilates or something like that. But we, you know, we have done, we actually did Pilates together once on the reformer machines and that's been very helpful. And like yoga is something he did with me too. But most of the things that we do together to stay active are just like our, our everyday lives that we both coach um, basketball. So, you know, we're active together as coaches on the basketball team. And then, you know, we like to do uh, walks with each other occasionally just to catch up and just to get some one-on-one time without these kids all up in our faces all the time. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I read that you were able to meet Dr. Maya Angelou and I need you to tell me about this experience. That's amazing. First of all, she's my hero, my (laughs) hero. And um, I, you know, as you know, this, a lot of the curriculum for sweat makes sense. Um, is all based around her quotes. So I got the chance to meet her when I was a television producer and I was working on a show called Iconoclast. Um, It was for the Sundance channel. And the show basically, what it does, it takes two iconoclasts. These are people who are rebels within their fields and they have to share some commonality, but they have to come from two different places, like two different walks of life. So we take these two people that have something in common and then we put them together and we have them meet each other and explore each other's worlds. And so I was given the opportunity to merge Dave Chappelle and Dr. Maya Angelou together. So it was quite the combination. Um, I'm a huge fan of Dave Chappelle as well. Um, But this particular episode took place right after he had turned down all that money uh, from his critically acclaimed um, television show. Um, And, you know, he was using this opportunity as a way to kind of reconnect with his fans. Uh, But at the same time, was a little nervous to be on a show like this with a woman of her stature because he just wanted to make sure that his image was aligned properly with what her image was. And it was a lot of back and forth with the teams and, um, we, we, we ended up pulling off something pretty magical, regardless of all of the obstacles we faced making that um, production a possibility and bringing it to fruition. And I even remember the day of 
meeting Dr. Maya Angelou, it was a stressful one because <laughs> we had ran into a few bumps in the beginning of the morning um, on what the production schedule was going to be like. And um, and I can't get into all of that, those details. It's a little right. private. But when uh, I got to her house, all I kept thinking to myself was like, wow, I'm about to walk into the home of one of the most prolific, inspiring, well-spoken, but strong, really strong women uh, that like have ever graced this planet because just knowing her story and where she's come from and all the obstacles she overcame to become that woman that I was about to meet, I was like, I I don't even know if I'm worthy. I'm like, I'm not ready. I'm not ready. And when I walked in her door, I remember her seeing her, I remember seeing her um, at this table near her kitchen and I was so nervous. I didn't know, like, was I, was I supposed to walk directly to her? Like, should um, we walk over to the side first and, like, finish our production meeting? I didn't know. But as I walked in her house, the unthinkable happened. She literally turned towards me and she said, hello, Aisha. <gasps> and I almost passed out. I was like, did she just say my name? Like, because I thought I was going to go to her and say, you know, Thank you for allowing us to come into your home, Dr. Angelo. I am Aisha, blah, 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 blah. She already knew who I was. And I just stared at her and I shook her hand and she was like, she had a piece of paper for me and I looked at the paper and it was a poem. It was her Phenomenal Woman uh, poem. And it, she had already signed it, dated it to give to me as a gift to welcome her to welcome me into her home. Meanwhile, I'm just like, I just wanted, I'm just grateful to be here. She had done all this preparation to welcome me into her home. So I'll never forget that day. I have that poem framed and in my, my home today. Um, and as a result of that, I was able to build a relationship, you know, with her family from there and um, just really, really, it really just helped define, define who I am today and really shifted my, uh, my journey. So for, I'll forever be grateful um, to Dr. Maya Angelou wow, in that experience. Story. How many people can say that happened to them? Not many. <laughs> uh, that's, that's amazing. Uh, besides, besides her, was there anybody that you've been starstruck by? Hmm. Starstruck. Oh, hmm. I've met a lot of stars. But I will say that... I have a funny um, Anita Baker story. I don't know if you know who Anita Baker is, but she is a singer uh, who has some of the greatest music known to man. Um, And one of, and the most interesting thing about, well, to me, the most interesting thing about meeting her was that I was so excited. I met her at Mariah Carey's birthday party. Nick Cannon was having a a party for his then wife. And, I saw Anita Baker and I was like, looking at my husband, like, oh my God, it's Anita Baker. And he was like, oh, word, like, I can't believe it. And the reason why we were so excited because um, her song Angel was our wedding song. And I was like, we have to, we have to go up to her. We have to tell her that, that we danced to her song at our wedding. Like, this is a big deal. We have to go tell her. And so we approach her and I was like, Miss Baker, I am so such a fan. Like, I love your music. I think you are, not think, you are a legend. Um, and I just want to let you know that my husband and I, we danced to your song 
um, at our wedding, and we just love you so much. Can we please, I normally don't do this, but can we please have a picture? And she goes, absolutely. Oh, that was beautiful. I'm so glad, you know, you chose my song. And as we get ready to take this photo, my husband like reaches around her to put his arm around her and I do the same. And, you know, he, my husband's really tall, he's 6'5". And so she's, you know, obviously shorter than both of us. And when he reached around, he wasn't paying all the way attention to how he was reaching. So he, like his hand was up too high. And all of a sudden she ducks down and she was like, my hair, my hair. And I was like, what happened? She was like, because he almost touched her hair and her hair was like hairsprayed a certain kind of way. Like you have to go look at a picture of her online and his hair sprayed a certain kind of way. He almost hit it and she was like, listen, sir, what you're not going to do is mess up my hair cell for this photograph. And I was like mortified, but it was the funniest thing ever because all I can remember is her saying, my hair. Oh, my <laughs> Pure comedy. So yeah, that, that was one. Um, but I've met so many people. I mean, I've met from Beyonce to everybody else. It's like, oh. The other person I'm dying to meet is Oprah. I have not met her and, and Michelle Obama. Who's I was going to say, you met up with Michelle Obama. I knew that was coming. Yeah, no, not yet. But I'm like putting it out there in the universe. I feel like, like Michelle Obama would be perfect for Pretty Girls Friends. Uh, absolutely. I mean, she was the inspiration uh, wow. behind even getting it started. So one day, one day. One day. One day. That happens, one day. That day will be a magic one as well. It'll be magical. So I have um I have one more question. Um, what is a piece of advice you would give to the young girl that's, you know, she doesn't know really what she wants to do yet. She wants to start a business, she's kind of scared. Give us some words of advice. The advice I would give is to take the first step. You know, the first step could be small. It could be just making the right connection through DM on Instagram. It could be getting an internship within the industry that you're seeking to start or launch a business in. It could be going to a conference or some sort of uh, festival where you can meet people who work in the industry that you are trying to launch your business or idea in. As long as you move towards actually making it happen, you're heading in the right direction because you'll meet the right person. You'll connect with uh, the right vendor or brand. You'll get more confidence within that field because you'll start to learn more and you'll begin to like start speaking the lingo and the language of people who are successful in that area. And you'll also get an opportunity to fail too because with every new opportunity with with every step, there's a chance that you may stumble. And those stumbles are extremely important because they're going to give you the grit you need um, to be sustainable in any um, industry. And they're also going to help you um, learn. (laughs) And that's the most thing, most like, you know, you, you know, how they always, the saying goes like, you know, um, oh, maybe I'm not saying the saying correctly, but it's like, you can't, Sometimes you can't teach things to people. They have to learn themselves, right? So you don't know that the stove is hot until you touch it one day and you burn your finger. So um, you have to take advantage of every opportunity and every chance you get to learn because uh, you'll get the chance to fail and you'll learn from those failures. So that's the advice that I would give. Just take two minutes to get started. That's great advice. 
That is great advice. Hisha, thank you so much for letting me take over, <laughs> for taking, taking over. And, um, yeah, I had so much fun and we learned so much. So did I. That was amazing. Thank you. Thanks. So, <laughs> uh, and before we go, and is there anything coming up that we should know about? Absolutely. Pretty Girl Sweat Fest Atlanta returns September 14th uh, here at Atlanta, Georgia. So uh, mark your calendars for that. You can go to prettygirlsweat.com slash PGSF to get all the details you need, plus to get your tickets before they're sold out. Yes. I wish I lived in Atlanta. <laughs> hey, it's, it's a great excuse to come down for a girl's trip because it is so much fun. A thousand women, incredible workouts. You'll have a ball. Yes. All right, you guys. Thank you so much, Aisha. Everybody, have a beautiful day. And don't forget to work out. For anyone who needs to hear that, go get your workout in. Yes, now. <laughs> go. Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye-bye. Join us on Saturday, September 14th for the third annual Pretty Girl Sweat Fest Atlanta. Grab your squad for the ultimate sweat sisterhood fitness festival. Register to receive exclusive access to elite trainers. Because with heart-pumping workouts coupled with the dopest female DJs, you'll get a first-class ticket to your favorite fitness trends and hit songs. When you're not sweating it out, you can rehydrate at our sip stations, refuel in our savor garden filled with deliciously healthy food trucks, refresh in our style lounge, and shop in our vendor village. Head on over to prettygirlsweat.com PGSF to get your tickets today before they're gone. Just one more thing before you take off. Do you want to get a short email from Pretty Girl Sweat every Monday and Friday that serves as a daily dose of all things inspiring and allows you priority access to our upcoming events? Just go to prettygirlsweat.com. That's prettygirls with an S, sweat.com. Drop in your email and you'll get the very next one. And if you sign up, you'll soon discover that there's no hood like sisterhood. Until next time. Always remember that good things come to those who sweat.